Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Welcome to Craft Heads Podcast, episode 147. Craft Heads Podcast is the podcast about everything, but also nothing, where every episode is something different. Uh, for the first time in a while, it, it, it's July 30th, and I am doing a one-on-one, which for those of you who have been with us for a long time, you'll probably remember, um, one-on-ones are sort of just, uh, I don't want to call them an interview per se, but it's where I will speak with uh, a friend. Of, of, sometimes it's just like a friend of the podcast or a really long-time friend, somebody I've known for a long time. Or in the case of my guest today, um, this is somebody that I met a couple of months ago uh, at a job that we both worked at. And uh, we just, we've got, we found out that we had a lot in common and, you know, just really connected. And just today we're going to talk about some of the things that uh, he's into and I guess a little bit about our friendship as well. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my friend, Nabil. Welcome to Craft Heads Podcast, Nabil. Hey, thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate it. Um, I guess uh, a little bit about me. Um, my name is Nabil Hasham. Uh, I became friends with Alex, uh, what, a year ago? Almost-ish? That sounds about right, yeah. Could, we bonded at the... We we met each other before, but we bonded at the the holiday party. At the holiday that's party, right, right. right? So this was like a company, you know, Christmas holiday party thing, and uh, we were all there. And uh, I think how we how we really kicked it off was you and your wife were here, and I was at, and I and I me and my wife were also at the bar, and. What was it? I had a drink, and I was like, yo, man, you, you want to get a drink? Dude, they, they were closing down the bar and basically telling <laughs> us to get the fuck out. And Nabil, just biggest balls, just goes behind the bar, and he's like, what do you want to drink? It's my birthday, which, by the way, it wasn't your birthday. It definitely was not. I was <laughs> I was like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, anything. And I was like, I don't know, tequila. He was like, how's this? And he grabs Patron. And again, this... This is just at a restaurant, at a company holiday party. He's behind the bar. It was a Maggiano's in yes. Buckhead. Yes. Like, this was like elite location, right? Yes. And he we pours have- me a glass of Patron. Not a shot, a glass. A gl- oh, yeah. I remember. So I look behind me, and I'm like, hmm. And I see a full, like, fresh bottle of Patron. And I'm like, all right, this is it. I remember that. And then after that, I don't remember much. But I do remember that I poured up for both of us. And I was like, so Alex, good. this is how I pour up at the house. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and that's how, that's kind of how we got it off. And he had that drink until he left because it was full of liquor. I, took it, with, I took it, I took it with me and I'm just going to leave it at that. By the way, full disclosure, I did not drive home. Tara drove home. So that's all I'm going to say. But uh, I still have that glass to this day. Great memory. And it's so funny because Nabil and I actually, we didn't talk for, I would say a couple or like anything substantial for a couple of months after that, you know, we would cross paths in the office. Hey, what's up? That kind of thing. Maybe a little word or two about crypto. Right. But um, th- whenever you hit me up on Teams and a couple of the other guys, like we had that little group chat. Yeah. I was like, Nabil, I have... And then we exchanged numbers. And I, the first thing I texted you was like, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. I still have that fucking Patron glass <laughs> from the holiday party. So <laughs> speaking of drinks, before we go any further, Nabil, um, for any new listeners, every episode, the only thing that is consistent across every single episode of Craft Heads Podcast, save two or three, is we have a, an adult beverage of some kind, uh, a beer, wine, cocktail, spirit, what have you. And I knew what I was going to have whenever I've been talking about getting to be on here for a little bit and just knowing the kind of guy he is and some of the stuff we're going to talk about. Um, it's really cool. I have this book from, 
I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast, but it's called Can I Mix You a Drink? And it's 50 cocktails from my life and career from T-Pain. So it's T-Pain's cocktail book. And you will see in that handsome picture of Nabil on the episode, he's holding some green shit in a glass. And it's called The Got Money. Uh, for any of you who are a millennial, you'll probably remember that song from T-Pain. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's Gin Lillet, which is also in the famous Vesper, which I already made one for Nabil tonight. Uh, white creme de cacao, fresh lemon juice, matcha powder. I don't know if you knew that because... I'm just now showing. I can you actually taste it. It's fantastic. 100%. And an oh egg God. white, and I, and I got a nice frothy head for Nabil, and it's so wild. Damn, it's, I couldn't even taste the egg in here. It's it's a very interesting and tasty drink, but it literally to me it tastes like if I had tasted money, paper money, I'd be like, yeah, it probably tastes something like this. Yeah, <laughs> so, a little bit. So cheers, Nabil. I Thanks for being on. Appreciate Alex. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you for these wonderful drinks. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, this got money is real money. Oh, I just tasted like I got some. And <laughs> I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to toot my own horn, but uh, Tara and I, and I, I did. Um, I did most of the heavy lifting, but Tara and I worked together and had a pretty bomb-ass dinner ready for uh, Nabil and his wife, Hibba. Oh, yes. yeah. This, dude, Alex Alex can cook a steak, I'll tell you that. That was some, and we, I it went was bison fantastic. steak. That was actually my first time doing oh, yeah. a bison steak. My first steak. time having bison filet as well. Uh, amazing cut, amazing uh, chef skills. Like, in the kitchen, this man knows how to use a cast iron. Thank you, sir. I'm much appreciated. It was a wonderful evening. We're just getting started. It's only nine nine thirty p.m. So, <laughs> without uh, without further ado, further ado on that topic, um, Nabil, tell us. Uh, you know, you, you told the listeners about how we met. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what, what you're into today? Obviously, finesse. I know we're going to get to that at right. some point. So, yeah, just just take it away. So, uh, thank you, Alex. So, um, I guess a little bit about me. I. If anybody knows me, they know I my favorite thing to do is to get money, like the drink we're drinking today. <laughs> uh, I've done that in a number number of ways, right? But more than that, I like also helping my friends, people close to me, and uh, you know, just other folks, right? Like on how you too can can achieve this as well, because I know how much it you know it means sometimes to people if you just had a little bit of extra income. It goes a long way to help you do things that you want to do, uh, whatever your purpose and goals may be, right? Uh, money is is not everything, but it's a resource that can help alleviate and achieve those goals. Um, and that's, I firmly stand on that. And so obviously my goals is to be financially free so that way I can have more time for family, so I can do the things that I actually want to do, my hobbies, etc., which are not that expensive, by the way, but just in general, right, not having to worry about this this silly little resource, right, and um, and having and, and, and kind of being your own uh, being your own man or woman or whatever, like just being your own boss, right, and carrying out uh, the tasks that you need to do to earn this resource, right? There's a number of ways to do it. Not everything works for everyone, but if you can figure out what works for you to a certain amount, right, that's reasonable, right, and we'll get into that later. Um, you're you're honestly like like so much happier you live a higher quality of life and that's what my whole goal is right to live the highest of quality of lives and so that's why i do what i do and so amongst that is obviously my day job in corporate finance in the private equity realm which is quite lucrative but 
uh, not as lucrative for one to be completely financially free, right? That's why you need to have side hustles, entrepreneurial uh, avenues for you to just do something. So like, but what I encourage folks to do, right, as someone that's that's done it and that is continually doing it is uh, focus on what your, your strengths, right? Like uh, there's a couple, you know, people that, that podcast and that, and, and famous people that say like, focus on your strengths, focus on what you're good at, right? Double down on that. And something that, you know, in conjunction with you being strong at it, you'll probably kind of enjoy it. Like maybe you don't hate it, right? But like you probably enjoy it a bit more than you don't. And so that in itself is a motivating factor in you being able to do something that brings you a little bit of happiness, but also brings you some income. And if you could focus on that and really nail it, I'm telling you, there's so many crazy niches and fields that you'd be so surprised that um, those that are doing it to the highest level in those industries and fields are getting paid a quite a substantial amount. Mm-hmm. When I say quite a substantial amount, I mean like over at least you know a million a million dollars a year. Like, like that's without a doubt. Because in this day and age, you know, with inflation and everything, a million dollars is not not as coveted and as valued as it once was, say, 10 years ago. Yep. Right? Uh, we can see that with a number of things. Um, but, you know, a million bucks is not as much as it is, especially since, you know... Can I throw in a yeah. fact? Yeah. I, I, I want you to continue right, right sure, from sure, there, sure. Nabil. But while you brought that up, I can remember when I just got out of college in 2013, started my career. Um, and I made trash money, absolute trash. And, and, and it was just such a joke. I was like, wait, why did I go to college? Like I right. outlaid all this money. Like how, how am I supposed to pay this back? And, um, I can remember thinking how much six figures sounded like. Yeah. It sounded like a, like a, like if I, if I made a hundred thousand dollars that I would be swimming in money. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking of how much money that would be right when I was starting my career. And, you know, I, I started realizing that, that um, you know, staying at one job indefinitely may or may not be the right thing for, you know, a particular individual. I'm not giving advice. Everybody is, is familiar with all my, my spiels along those lines. But um, people who know me know that I've, I've had uh, quite a few jobs at, at this point in my life. Because I was like, well, if I'm not gonna, if I'm not making more every year, I'm literally falling behind. And as if to prove my point, I saw a statistic, uh, and I couldn't believe it when I saw it on on LinkedIn. But it was something along the lines of somebody posted like in 2004, a hundred thousand uh, dollars is n- now with with inflation, like cumulative inflation, it's a hundred and forty thousand dollars now in 2022. And so like the goalpost was moved. So there I was thinking like, Oh, here I am. I'm I'm moving some jobs. I'm getting closer to that, that six figure mark, whatever, you know, as, as I was changing jobs uh, whenever I was younger. And meanwhile, even though, yes, I was earning more, my dollars were worth less. And when you look back over the course of the past year, obviously with inflation at like 9.1% or whatever, like, holy shit, a hundred thousand dollars Trust me, you can live a good life, a comfortable life, but it's not what it was as recently as you know, as less than twenty years ago. It's insane. That's facts. Yeah, no, especially one hundred forty. I mean, dude, that's forty percent more. So your money has devalued forty percent. Uh, that's quite significant. And that's 
just and we're going talking off gross this, salary, by the way. Gross, gross salary. And, and this is also, um, yeah, good, really good point, actually. That, that's 18 years ago. And that's if this particular website is correct. This is on smartasset.com. But to me, it, whenever I look like really far back in time and you know you see something that was like worth a nickel and then you go to the, the 50s and it was $2 or something, like that, to me that's different. But my God, the exponential rate of inflation when you look at the dollar and, and and what's crazy is our dollar apparently is right now very very strong compared to other currencies oh yeah so and that's insane it's to actually me hurting like a lot garbage. of it actually is a hurting a lot of companies because when dollar is worth more right um uh people find it safer right remember everything's about risk right yes. that's what it really comes down to and um, so when dollar is strong, that means that it is cheaper and safer to hold U.S. dollars, a.k.a. bonds, whatever, um, than it is to hold listed securities, which is, you know, things in the marketplace, public securities, not private. Um, and so if that's the case, right, it's clearly a no-brainer. So big, smart money moves – just actually, just smart money – smart money moves into those um, – into those facets. And that's why stocks go down that day. When dollar goes up, you'll notice there's a direct correlation. Now, it's not obviously a 100%. It's probably 90% Mm -hmm. because there are 10% times. Like I think on Friday, actually, when I was trading, dollar was going up and stocks were going up. So it's like, bro, what? But like um, in these rare instances, this does happen. When there's mixed market news, right? There's always these black swan types of events. I wouldn't say Friday was a black swan. I would say uh, that, you know, the interest rate hike uh, was priced in, obviously. Uh, we all knew that was going to happen because Fed had to do something to curb inflation, right? Like, what the fuck? What are you going to do? Like, you have to increase it by at least 100 basis points. They did 75, so whatevs. Um, but it was known. This is These were well-known facts and that the GDP didn't really decline that much, right? Even though it was negative, uh, technically, two negative, you know, quarters is you know synonymous with a recession. But you know, they're saying otherwise. Um, Did you see the statement from the current administration? Like yeah. they, they literally tried to change the definition on the fly of a recession. And I'm like, okay, but that that that's an institutional problem. That's not a part. A no, party no, problem. it is. But I'll tell you this, like low key, like when so when these things happen right and i actually you know i have my own discord which i'll talk about a little later but basically um like i kind of low-key knew this because the put to call ratio was very very high now you got to understand something when it comes to the market and when it comes to money when there's a shit ton of money on either side there's always someone privy and that always knows not just someone but you know a few all oligarch (laughs) worth of people, right? That kind of know what's about to happen and they profit significantly on this, right? Now, that's not to say that I know who these people are because I definitely don't, but what I do know is that it was, everything was intentional the way it happened, right? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we had three insane Marabuzu candlesticks on the daily chart for the S&P 500. I mean, it's fucking unprecedented. Every day went up like 50 points, like, millions and millions of dollars were made in those three days. Like actually no billions, if not possibly a couple trillion because smart money was on it. And, you know, all these ERs, some of them were bad, some of them were good, but a lot of this Amazon, Tesla's earnings, like everything, like just blasted, 
right? And that brings the whole market up because when the big heavyweights, which is basically the top 10 companies of SPY, which is S&P 500, when those guys go up 3 4%, the whole market is moving 3 4%. You feel me? Because they they pretty much own like 80%, right? So they're 80% of the index. Well, not 80, I would say, but they're a significant portion. I forgot the exact amount. We could check that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're definitely more than 20 30%, which definitely drives how the index is going to fare. And that's exactly what I do is um, part of one of the things, many things that Finesse Equity does is we actively uh, manage investments. We also actively trade. We trade futures. We trade um, index options, right? We trade some of the most riskiest assets in the world, riskiest securities slash assets in the world, and uh, we make a significant profit. Just so you all know, uh, year-to-date, Finesse Equity is up over 400%. Just in the month of July alone, uh, Finesse Equity delivered... Uh, about 260% returns. Um, that's real. That's facts. And at the end of the year, we will produce audited financials that people can go later on and check out uh, and see that, you know, we're the real deal. That's what we're doing. Uh, primarily, it's just me at the moment. That's what I do. Um, amongst many other things, you know, uh, Finesse Equity is also invested in other portfolio companies. We're partnering with um, with 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 an expert in roofing, and we're going to be you know getting a piece of the roofing business soon, and uh, that's in South Florida, in or the Orlando or Cala area. Um, I have a good friend that recently got his license and is killing it and uh, doing really good work. And so we thought it would be a great idea to partner up and, uh, you know, get into the roofing space. Um, I have, you know, business operational knowledge. Uh, You know, I've run my own company and, you know, helped my parents and, uh, you know, a few other people with, um, you know, strategic initiatives. And that's, you know, obviously another service I offer is basically tax planning and, you you know, just business operations, becoming more tax efficient, becoming just more efficient overall. Um, that's another piece that Finesse Equity does. Um, you know, it just has to make sense for both of us. If I can save you more than you have to pay me, then, you know, that's <laughs> money in your pocket, right? So that's that's how I like to do business. That's how I like to do things is honestly by offering the most most value possible. Um, Nabil, if I can interrupt real sure. quick. So... I I mentioned finesse like very briefly in the very uh, close to the beginning of the episode, and then you started dropping finesse equity. So it, it's not unlike craft heads. Mm. It was kind of just like this, you know, like little thing. Whatever I'm going to see what's going to happen in the beginning, right. and then you know it, it evolved into something more. Gained listeners, gained a community. Um, we a, a lot of the things that you were talking about, um, you know, it just in regard to finance. I I'm sure a lot of our listeners are. Uh, especially in, I have like a dedicated channel in my Discord for craft heads, right? Not, not financial advice, in quotes. And uh, the way I always say it is, it's it, basically the things that I post in there as I'm saying, this is not financial advice. This is just what I am doing. Right. It, this is what I think. This this means like you can't come and tell me six months from now, hey, why didn't you tell me about that? Or and similarly, you can't be like, what the fuck? I just lost a bunch of money. And it's like, no, I'm just telling you what I did. But the point is. Whenever I first heard about finesse alerts, uh, right. as I knew it, um, you, re- you told me to join your Discord, and, and it's a similar thing to, to, to not financial advice. So finesse 
equity is now a thing. I know you've had some changes recently with your career and everything. Tell right. Me, what is finesse equity? So, so finesse equity is actually the parent company uh, above everything, right? Now, finesse alerts is another is another company under the finesse equity holding company. Um, and finesse alerts uh, for the listeners is basically my alerts channel where I'm actively trading and I'm actually actively alerting opportunities and plays for people to take uh, based on, you know, X, Y, Z, right? And that's what I post in the Discord. It comes with a chart. It comes with my reasoning. It comes with my sentiment. And, uh, you know, I'm proud to say that I'm actually more than 90% correct. Uh, the Discord has been active for about three and a half years now. And there's a lot of data in there that I have posted and kept track of. And that's what's led me to give this 90% rating. Um, I also, you know... I am a six-figure trader as well, so and I have receipts to show for that. But and I've showed them actually on my Discord as well. If you follow with me, you can see in a month, you know, we're doing well over ten thousand a month. That's net P and L. Um, and you know, I also post a lot of other strategies, not just on how to trade, but on you know various other types of diversified investment baskets that you can easily just allocate money to. Yes, you make a lower return, but it's you're at least getting a return and it's somewhat of a risk-free return because you know over the course of time we, we all stand to win right so um so i like to give all this knowledge out currently it's all free because i'm just trying to educate folks um you know showing them exactly what i do giving them 100 percent transparency and actually we'll be adding a lot more learning modules and a lot more content to this discord because i feel like it could help a lot of people the same way it's helped me right yeah. if i can synthesize my knowledge and give it out to many people um for free actually uh then you know that would be wonderful right so i've started with some of my friends uh three of them have become uh semi full-time traders you know making more than $5,000 a month. And uh, it, it's it's just changed their lives. It's also changed my life. I started trading about 10 years ago uh, when I was in my first internship because one of the managers there told me like, hey, you can trade index options. And uh, then I started to, and I was like, holy shit, wow, on Apple, I just made $800 in six minutes. This is what the <laughs> fuck. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> so since then, like it really had me catched on. And obviously I've lost six figures as well, but over the last, I would say, four years, I've I've consistently done over six figures, uh, crypto as well. But we can talk about that I, later. I was gonna. That's the next topic. I'm waiting for a thing because I I want to talk to you a little bit about crypto. Yeah. So crypto. It's man. not good. Crypto is amazing, right? Right now is is the best buying opportunity. But a couple yes. months ago, I actually lost myself. Uh, north of six figures because I was leverage trading and I was getting greedy. We, we worried about you at, at uh, I, yeah. I, I typically don't share like the personal information, but at, at the previous job, um, you know, Bill, you yeah. know who I'm talking about? He would be like, Oh, how's Nabil doing? I was like, I, I think he's still alive. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I was always kind of like checking in because we, we know um, Nabil was heavy in crypto. So am I, but by comparison, um, Nabil is, is bigger into it. And he also, he does a lot of leverage debt. Yeah. You may or may not want to talk about that, but like the, oh, yeah. the, the thing that, that, um, I, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast much, but something that I had to learn a very hard lesson on, uh, what's funny is, you know, there, there was like the mantra of hodl hold, blah, blah, blah. And I really thought I was being patient and smart and, you know, being intelligent, but like, no, Alex, 
uh, Warren Buffett says uh, the the stock market is transferring wealth from the the impatient to the patient. Blah blah blah. And I, I understand all this traditional wisdom, but like crypto is still a brand new thing. So I'm thinking right. to myself like, oh, just hold. But at the end of the day, things can't literally just go up forever. And like when I look back on how high I was up, and I'm talking like a small fortune, and now I'm like back to where I was basically. I, I haven't lost my shirt, but it's just so insane. And like Celsius, I lost for me a ton of money in there. And so they've they've declared bankruptcy. God knows what processes they're going through. I am I'm kissing that money goodbye. Were you heavy into Celsius or no? No, no, not at all. Because uh, you're I kept, not an idiot. I kept like, my I all my money either on Coinbase, um, oh, you know, well, just the amount that I would want to trade, right, yeah. in Coinbase, right? right. But then uh, I would instantly transfer everything to my hard wallet. Okay, so I have a Nano Ledger. I strongly encourage everyone to have that. That is what you got to do if you're a believer. If you're trying to hold, like, just not keep your keys, all not your crypto. And yeah. people were saying that for months leading up to this this crash this year. You know, it, it's. It started around the time with like Ukraine, Russia, but that's not the cause. Don't let anybody let you believe that that is. But um, you know, it, it was it was things were really bad from like February to May and a little bit of June ish. But there's there's been a rally in the past couple of weeks for sure, Nabil. I mean, it yeah, no, the, the last couple of weeks. I mean, look, dude, we saw Ethereum go from nine fifty to basically sixteen hundred, like right? basically more than fifty percent. I know, bam. And uh, it's amazing because I had bought some at like 968. Yep. So, um, but only a couple, honestly, not as much. Only because I've been making way more money on the actual stock market. You're like going back to basics, hilariously. Right. Yeah. I am. Yep. I am. Because yep. I, honestly, what burned me was that I was leverage trading, right? I was leverage trading with like 20, $30,000 at a time. You had to keep adding so you didn't get liquidated, right? Like, exactly. I remember your Ethereum position was. Pretty large. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was leveraging like 100 Ethereum. No, no, not 100. Uh, like 30 Ethereum. Yeah. But like, dude, at the time, that was a lot because that was at 3K a piece. That's 30 times 3. That's almost 90 bands. Almost 100K. Um, so actually, I so here's what happened. I took out like 60K worth of unsecured credit card debt across various credit cards. And I flipped that actually into 100 and like almost 60, 60 and change thousand. All of that 160 and change thousand, I had it all in Ethereum. I had converted it all into Ethereum, and then I started leverage trading Ethereum. So I'm like, all right, I'm at 160. Now I'm going to just try trading to just make about like $1,000, $2,000 a day. Short, itty-bitty moves. Sure. Now the problem was was that I did not pay attention too hard to the weekly chart. I was just getting so caught up because in three months I had basically you know, almost more, almost tripled my money. So I was like, oh, shit. And uh, I had to keep it in a base. And the problem I made was I only withdrew a little bit of it. I didn't like I only withdrew like 10k of it to just pay some expenses. But I kept the rest of the bag in there, and then I lost it. And then um, I lost it by trading 20, 30k at a time, which was like damn near eight to ten Ethereum at a time. And that shit just kept going down, and I just kept getting owned and owned and owned. <laughs> Yep. And <laughs> and so basically, uh, all that got blown up on Bybit, which was the uh, the broker I was using for leverage trading because they don't do too much KYC. And um, nice, yeah. So I blew that up, and uh, now I'm kind of left painted back. So I was really demotivated. I didn't trade for like three months, and then uh, finally saved up a little bit of money, like literally two grand. And then uh, traded that up 
um, in the last uh, two months to like 20K. I noticed that. Like th- things yeah. were quiet in Finesse Alerts for a little bit. Right. And all of a sudden, you and um, is it? Uh, Future's my brother-in-law. Oh, that's your brother-in-law. That's okay. my brother-in-law. So, yeah, I taught him how to trade and now he's You're Liquid Pharaoh, good. right? I'm Liquid Pharaoh, yeah. right? That's my name on social media, on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, the breakdown of the name is liquid because liquidity. I always have liquidity. And pharaoh because I view myself kind of like a pharaoh. <laughs> I love uh, it. You look like one, man. You're, you're, you're a handsome Middle Eastern guy. You, I appreciate you, it. <laughs> I just uh, I dress a little crazy sometimes. But um, so, so, yeah. So then I finally got my money up uh, in the last couple months. And, uh, so I turned the two into 20 and now it's just been going up from there, uh, about to hit six figures soon. And, um, and then from there, I'm just trying to keep going up and documenting everything in my discord. Everything's really transparent. When I enter a trade, as, as you've probably seen, I was, he sends everything. Yep. I literally send the screenshot of my account and I labeled it liquid Pharaoh on TD and, um, yeah. And so finally, you know, it's, most of it is a lot of it is uh, is mindset and trading psychology. Right. And so um, even though I've been down for the year in crypt in crypto, just in total in cash, like over six figures. Right. Like over like one hundred eighty thousand. Um, I'm slowly making it all back. And hopefully by the end of the year, I should be positive. I if I continue it. at the rate I'm going, uh, which is just really using a lot of discipline, a lot of mindset. And actually my wife is to thank for that because she is a psychologist slash, um, you know, she has a doctor, doctorate, a PhD that, uh, she's about to get, um, in the next like year in a, uh, in supervision and, uh, mental health and counseling. And so she's a counselor, right? So she knows stuff. And so I actually uh, hired her to be my performance coach. And that's actually what's helped me in the last two months become super, super successful is because um, I ended up becoming a little bit more scared and a little bit more risk averse. And now she's helped me through a lot of, you know, strategies and us talking together outside of like marriage and partnership and all that, just like just pure business, like on my mind, on like how I'm doing things. And, and how I need to operate. And the crazy thing is, is that I know what to do. It's just I'm not doing it because in that moment you get blindsided yep. by other things, right? Yep. And so that's where the performance coach comes in handy to kind of realign your mind because, you know, trading is, is mostly psychology. I'll be honest. It's not so much skill in reading the charts. It's That's part of it. That's maybe 30%. But, like, there's a 70 is really you versus you. Right, yes. and I had and like sticking to a rule or like right. what you say you're gonna do when you're gonna get out a positive or negative, all of that stuff. Right, and so when you when you lose a considerable amount of money relative to yourself, right? Like let's say like I had basically lost all my net, all my all my money. Like all I had was my paycheck to paycheck cash flow to keep me afloat for like you know home expenses and just normal life. But like uh, I didn't have literally no extra money to invest, no nothing, and. I've been in that position a couple times, but I've always made it back. So, like, this one hurt the most because I was married. You know what I'm saying? I was completely broke. I basically had zero, and I was negative 60K in unsecured credit card debt, which um, I've paid off a significant amount already, but uh, I still I still got, like, you know, like 30K left. And the pay. interest rates on... On unsecured credit. Debt. Well, like, I can go into that, but, but basically, you transfer and get the APR for zero. Oh no, not even that. Actually, you can get some lawyers, right? And they'll actually um, negotiate uh, sixty-five to seventy percent 
of the debt. Dude, you... And you pay it you, up straight up. Like, when you have you money... fuck up debt. <laughs> I, I, like, you, you're not... When I say that, just for the, so the listeners understand, like, this this guy has a mastery of how to use... It, he, I wouldn't do it because I don't have the balls for it, but he uses debt as a weapon yeah. in, in like, the financial system, and he does yeah. a killer job of it. So, like, when I was younger, right, I, I knew the what credit cards were, so I got, like, hella credit cards, and, like, I pretty much have every credit card you could think of. So I have, like, over, like almost 360k of unsecured credit card debt access to it right of which i tapped uh 60k you mean like a credit line basically yeah or, like yeah, you know okay, like one you. amex with like 15k sure, right sure, i have sure. every amex card i got every city card got it. i got you know literally every card best buy costco but you're blah, that blah, blah. whole line that you're so saying if you add up all it. that shit together is over 360 and it's unsecured meaning you can spend it and that's it. You're not going to no jail. collateral for it. Yeah. Yeah. You have zero. Right. And so that's quite a bit of, um, uh, unsecured debt to get access to. And it's only because, like I said, I, I've known about credit cards and I've used them very wisely throughout the many, many years. So I've had literally every single one. So now I just, uh, I just chill using Amex, uh, platinum and Amex business platinum because that's like, uh, the, those cards provide you the most rewards and everything, and so it's the most worth it for me because I'm actually using a lot of those things, right? For travel, this, this, that. Yeah. Um, so it's hella worth it for me. Uh, but I've gotten the bonuses from all the other ones, so that's that's a yeah, key that's exactly. a key factor. But when you say about uh, a mastery of debt, yeah, totally. Like I've used um, you know cash advances on cards so many times to get access to quick capital and then flip that capital, make a quick 30, 40%. So, you know, if you take out 10K, right, and uh, and you make a trade and you make 20, 30% on it, that's 2, 3K right there. And you can just, boom, pay down the debt right there. Pay it back. Yeah, so if you borrow on day one, you'll get the money on day two. And then uh, on day two, you inject it into your trading account. So that's day three. And now on day four, and remember, your interest payment, your payment is not even due till the end of the month. Right. So in a month... By, by, let's say, the fourth day or fifth day, the money finally gets into the trading account and it's cleared for you to trade. If you make one 30% trade with 10K, or let's say 20, one 20% trade with 10K, that's 2K, you withdraw that 2K, you apply it as payment. You're already good for like, you've already paid down 2K. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and yeah, it's a little bit of interest to the crew, but now on 8K instead of 10K. Yes. And so I've done that before where I've just paid that down in three months. I paid down a 10K advance in three months only because I was constantly flipping, flipping, flipping the money. All right. So each month I paid like 3.5, 3.5, and then like 2.5. Yep. Right. Uh, or like three, whatever. And, uh, and yeah, that's what's helped me get, really get back on my feet sometimes is by trading because even though I've always had a job, um, I've always made more than my job through trading and through other means because I don't want to view the job as my only um, form of the sustenance. Only, the only thing that's like keeping you going. Right, the same way, right. The because same then I feel doing. like – I literally feel like poor. Like I feel inferior. I feel like, oh my god. I if, feel like a these, slave. Yeah, if these people want to ask me today, yeah. like I am literally dead yeah. in the water. Luckily, I have credit and I have access to credit and I have all these various avenues. Only in America, by the way, do you have these other avenues. Like where I'm from in, in Tanzania, Africa, they don't got no credit there. Like if you, if you don't have cash, liquid money, like you're done for. You can't eat food. You can't do nothing. Here in America, at least if you have a credit card and you lose your job, 
you can at least fend for yourself for as long as your your credit limits will take you, right? Uh, which could be up to like two years almost, right? That's enough time for someone to get their shit together and, and get a new job doing something, right? Um, and that brings me to the next topic, which is, you know, having, uh, being able to take advantage of this, this market and this time to potentially have two jobs at the same time, two remote jobs. Uh, that's a new phenomenon that started. And, um, you know, I, I strongly encourage anyone that if you, if you can, you know, swing it, you do it, you know, even if it's like some easy, you know, lower level totem pole type job, but you know, you get in 60, 70 K remote, like that's just free money kind of, you know, because you can just keep it going for like two, three months and then just fuck it, quit it, whatever. It ain't going to look bad on you because you still got the original job. And they don't know that you left it, so you're you can, still good. You, you still got job that. security. It's a, it's a crime of omission. You're not lying. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who cares, right? And, and if you do apply and you do get a new, legit, another job, what you do is you say, yeah, I just worked here you know, as a contractor. They'll never know whether you're a contractor or W-2. These details aren't important. What's, what's important is honesty. But... In the depth of the honesty, you don't need to say, you know, that, oh, I was uh, working here full time. You know what I mean? You could just say, hey, I, I tried kind of going off on my own and, uh, you know, wanted wanted that time and flexibility back to me and kind of pick what projects I worked on. That'll actually make you look, believe it or not, more attractive to companies than if you were just like, you know, nor- just working like a normal, you know, nine to five, you know, W2 type shit. Because now you look a little bit more interesting yep. you look a little bit more like oh out. shit like this, yeah this person like gives a shit it's just not like just a total normal cookie cutter well it's person. really the perception of the company right so if one company is like hey shit if these this other company which is like another you know well-to-do company if they're and there are competitors and if they hired this guy on 1099 which basically means contractor to do some work then like shit this guy this guy might have a brain or two and he could probably easily work for us. You know, it's that it's that psych- psychological notion that like when a big firm hires you and you work there for like two, three years, like ain't nobody got to question your credibility because you're solid because that company takes uh, a lot of effort, time and money into the recruitment process and pruning people and and making sure that they have high quality candidates. Right. So if you like work that like, you know, one of the big four firms or whatever, like Deloitte or something like you're you're. Like off the bat, people just assume like a badge of honor. Yeah, people just assume that you're a quality person. Yeah. Now, how you work is different, right? But off the bat, like when I see a KPMG resume and I see like some rinky dinky company, right, that I never heard of, like I already know the KPMG dude has been through some shit. Like yep. regardless, regardless, he of got his, hired at KPMG. Yeah, that <laughs> means that means he did something that impressed them enough to get through their tough level of recruitment process. And I'll yep. be honest, it is tougher than usual, right? And what's usual now has definitely diluted, but I'm just saying regardless, like somebody from KPMG statistically speaking is going to be probably a better individual. Just again, high level overall estimate, maybe even if it's 1%. Heuristics. You're just taking a a yeah general probability stats right high level wide estimate uh, is is probably going to be it's probably going to add a little bit more value than some guy that you know let's say worked at Burger King 
you know, flipping burgers or yeah. not just flipping burgers, but let's say um, some other job that's like less pertinent to this current job. You know what I mean? It's just, this is what it is. It's just a likelihood. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you can't bust through that. I'm just saying the, the preconceived notion, right? Because that's the shit you got to deal with when you're dealing with employers and hiring managers is a preconceived notion that, oh, you went to Harvard? Oh, okay. It's preconceived notion that you're smart. Yeah. Really? You could have just been that lucky motherfucker that just got into His Harvard. parents had a bag. No, forget the parents. Let's <laughs> say you could have been a lucky motherfucker that actually got the scholarship and oh, got yeah. in, right? That's and true. you, you could have been just smoking weed and got passed with a 3.0. Yep. And like motherfuckers would never know. Well, they know that, oh, you came from Harvard. Oh, right. blah, 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 blah. Hey. You know what That's I mean? Right. That's right. But like, you know, and the same goes for somebody that graduates from a lesser known state university that's 4.0 and shit. Like, you know what I mean? It ain't about that. Because the dude that with the 4.0 and the dude with the 3.0 from Harvard, the difference between the two is that the, the Harvard dude probably knows how to navigate the uh, the formal like corporate waters. Whereas the guy that has all this academia knowledge but has never been in those um in in at those tables he's never seen or experienced those people those questions that environment right to put it crudely like street smarts um in, in a way you right. know like it, as it applies to business right like if you're a marine right like you got to adapt and shit so like if you even are off the streets you know like and you have street knowledge like myself like you know how to read the room, read the situation, and kind of play into it. And that is part of uh, business and the corporate world as well, especially as you, if you're trying to move up. You know what I mean? If you're yep. just trying to stay where you're at, staff-level type shit, not executive or management, then, yeah, you could get by doing what you're doing and whatever. But if you're really trying to get that bigger bag, that six-figure-plus bag, then you really kind of got to do some shit that shows that like, hey, I can solve complex problems. I'm a personal individual, blah, blah, blah. I'm trustworthy. I'm reliable, right? And uh, sometimes conveying all those things is a little tough. Uh, And sometimes it's not for different people, for whatever, right? It's really perception. Perception is reality. If the perception is that you're a hard worker and blah, 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 even though you could be like some asshole, like, Bruh, as long as the, the top management knows that this person is reliable, gets shit done, and doesn't really give them a hard time, they're going to support that individual, no matter what the facts are. You know yeah, what I mean? Because the true. perception is, is, is built in. So you got to be wary of those people, and you got to be aware of the perception, because it could fuck you, or it could help you. And if you know that that's what the perception is, like I just said, then you can use that to your advantage and help yourself look better. So in times of crisis, you're there, you know, but then on the day to day, you could just be like coasting. Yeah. And like nobody would really give a fuck. Maybe your coworkers might, but again, it don't matter about your coworkers. The matter is about what management sees, what your leadership sees. And if they see that, yo, this individual, they come through every time, blah, blah, blah. Whenever I ask them something, everything's on point. So I don't know what this other person's saying, but whatever, you know, because people only believe what they see, what they feel, what they hear. Right, what they experience for themselves, they don't really believe generally other people. Right, like like let's not count Amazon reviews, but like yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, like um, that's really how it is. Yeah. So it's a, it's a play on perception, right? Like I started at this one place before, and like the perception was like, oh, this person, you know, has a lot of knowledge, etc., but is trying to like really change the way we do things. And even though I was, you know, I gave off the wrong perception and so i quickly changed that to be more of a more of an ask like oh how is this why is this you know instead of 
kind of finger pointing and be like, nah, we got to just change this whole thing. Even though that's exactly what I did anyways, but it's like how you approach it, right? How, yeah. how you give yourself off to other folks and, uh, how they view it, you know, cause a lot of people view a younger person, um, coming in as a threat by default because they know that that individual, uh, you know, if they apply themselves, like they, they can easily get, get the jump on them. Right. Because people that have been stagnant in some positions for like three, four years plus, like they just aren't really trying that much and they're, they've gotten complacent and they want to just kind of coast and, you know, they're used to the little salary and this and that. And, you know, it just, it just works. And like, it's easy to get the kids to school and make dinner and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's easy for a lot of people to get complacent. Right. Sure. And so that complacency is what holds a lot of people back and kind of, you know, you got the good salary, you got the good benefits. You're like, oh, what more could I ask for? Right. And what really more could you ask for was freedom to like to be doing that shit without waking up at 8 a.m., without having to show up in a suit, in a tie or whatever the fuck. And, and you know what I mean? And just conduct your life as, as, as you would. Uh, let's say if your, if your hobby was like planting, you know, if you had a green thumb and then like, you just wanted to like agriculture, you know what I mean? You could buy some acres or some land, whatever more towards get some crazy plants like Tara with her, uh, her pink philodendron, you know, and, and propagate it and then sell the leaf. Right. exactly. Exactly. Like there's a lot of things you could do. Um, but you don't have, you don't have the capacity you don't have the time factor to even think about those things because you have to think about surviving. And today's modern day surviving is working this corporate nine to five type shit or whatever, nine to eight, nine to seven, nine to six, and deal with the crap, take time off, which you only get like two to three weeks these days. And um, and just and just go through it like that. Like, that's crazy to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, all that's just to say that, yeah, even though I am doing it, um, it's, it's only temporary and, uh, I finally, I'm getting my shit together, uh, with various different, you know, sides of business, real estate, portfolios, uh, wealth management services, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I can continually generate that income, reinvest it into something that'll produce me consistent income and then just be consistently hands off. Right. So I could just wake up every day and just be like, Hey wife, what are we doing? Like, where are yeah. we going? Yeah. Right. We have enough money within reason, right? Not like Lambo money, but like just, that's what Tara and I want. Exactly. Not the Lambo money. Like the, the exactly. Money within nobody reason, needs, yeah. Nobody, nobody controls you. Nobody needs a Lambo. That's number one. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? If you, you have enough good for you, but you don't need it. Yeah. Like your car payments, like for two cars on a, on a, you know, I, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Like, they should definitely be less than fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred max a month for two cars. That's seven fifty a piece. If you're spending more than that, that's then you're 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 uh, you're kind of wasting it because there's a lot of good cars you can get for seven fifty a month. Yeah, and I'm ecstatic with with our situation. Like, we we were able to downsize. We only have one car. And it's this sounds funny. It's a really nice Kia. Like this thing's badass. I mean, it's Hell fully yeah. loaded. It's 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 a, it's a that's cadenza. the thing though. You always get fully loaded. Get you a good Toyota yeah, yeah. Kia, it, dude. My my auto expense. I pay four hundred a month. Amazing. We have one car, and that's all. Amazing. And I own, and it's worth because of the events of the past couple of years. It's worth like ten k more than what whenever I bought out the lease. Oh yeah. For the first time in my life, I got to put a big middle finger to a dealership, and they're like. Fuck! We have to honor this this lease buyout price, even though the car is worth, you know, 
35 or whatever. It's just, that's amazing. It, it's really great. So that's cool. Um, Nabil, we'll, we'll keep this inside of an hour, but to, to end it on a lighter note, um, and you, we were talking about perception and everything. What's something that you would want listeners to know about yourself from a personal perspective? One or two things, and, and then also at the end of that, let the listeners know um, how they can get in touch with you, you know, or if they wanted to join the Discord or whatever. Like, just right. all, plug all your stuff. Um, I guess to, you know, a personal note for me is worry less about a lot what other people think. Worry about what makes you happy because that's what I, my my primary operation from within is to always operate from from a place of happiness, right? I don't do things that make me unhappy. That's That goes for literally everything. Whether I'm here with Alex or whether I go here or there, I literally don't go anywhere. I don't meet people. I don't do shit that I don't want to do. Straight up. That's even with my wife. Um, and I stick to that because... I feel honored that you're here. Huh? I feel honored that you're here. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, no. I really wanted to be here. Yeah. And because uh, trust me, I, I have... My wife has a very big social calendar and I don't like going to a lot of mo- those places. But I like obviously here with you and um, the other things I like to do. But anyways, um, so I don't do things that I don't like to do. And I know that sounds crazy and simple, but... You try practicing saying no to a lot of things that you legitimately don't want to do. And I'm telling you, the quality of your life will go up instantly. So for me personally, it's it's always about being happy. I'll wake up and, uh, you know, I literally think something different every day. And I'm like, oh, I want to eat this. Oh, I want to do this. And there's just no excuse. You know why? Because I could die tomorrow, the next day, whatever. And I have things in place already for that. So I'm not even afraid of dying. But... Um, but if I were to, I know that I died just living in that moment, the best possible quality that I could have. And that does not include work. I don't give a fuck about work, but, or my corporate day job, I'll be honest, cause I already make more than that trading, but, um, and, and through other, you know, investments, but, um, but what I do make it a point is like, was I happy today? Like, did I eat that thing I wanted to eat? You know, within reason, because I'm, I'm trying to be healthy and like get gains. <laughs> but like, you know, so I'm trying to eat sweets less. But like overall, like, oh, like, you know, if I want a lobster roll or a steak roll, like I'm, I'm making it. I'm eating it. You know, I'm not going to hold back from it because if I, if I want that, you know, I like um, I have to use like natural soaps because I got like sensitive skin. So like I like this certain type of soap and like I really recently just bought like almost eight eight out of the 15 of their scents because it was just so good right because I'm like yo I'm gonna and they were a little pricey whatever we talked about that tonight with Whole Foods and everything right it's from Whole Foods Pacha Tara and I are just like look we're just gonna start paying for to put good things in and on our body that's exactly right you pay on the front end and I'm telling you your quality of life and your day to day like you know what I mean it's not about how big your house is or none of that stuff it's about are you happy Right, like I recently got a new kitten that makes me so happy, indescribable <laughs> happiness. Right, because I, I wanted a cat with a bond because my wife has a cat and like uh, Yago. he he yeah Yago he has a bond with her so like he doesn't always come to me you know what I mean I don't always get the cuddles so I feel a little jealous and I am a cat man from before her I used to have my own cat but I had to give her up because she was 
you know, going actually insane. So <laughs> now I had this new cat. His name is Magellan, and he's just the light of my life. And, like, he's so cute. He comes, and he imprinted on me. So we good now. And, like, he follows me everywhere. And, like, he sleeps. He's starting to sleep with me as of the last four days, which is pretty nice. And, um, yeah, and I'm so, so ecstatic. And, like, I can't wait to build this little guy, his own little cat condo and stuff like that because it's just so much fun. And I love you know, home renovation, do it yourself projects, right? Cause you got to think, man, you got to think to yourself like, yo, if money wasn't a question, like what would I be doing? Yep. And you know, what's crazy is that a lot of people really can't answer that question. My parents Some included. Some people don't even ask it. Right. Some people don't even ask it, let alone even think about it. Like what would you do if money, you know, money, like I said, is just a resource, like, right. What you do with it and how you are as a human being, it's just money just amplifies who you really are. And so if you're the type of person that likes to just literally have fun and just fuck around and just have a good time, that that's exactly who you're going to be with money, just obviously amplified. Um, and I, it's funny because I actually asked my parents the same thing. And you know what's funny? To this day, it's been like probably two years. I asked them like literally every other week, like, yo, y'all got money. They're, they're well off, my parents. They invested well, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, yo, like... Why aren't you just doing the things that make you happy? Because from a numbers perspective, you could definitely afford it. And my parents live a very frugal, very normal life. Like they're not, again, not Lambo money, nothing like that. Just some nice, you know, Toyota, Lexus, whatever. And uh, and it's like, you know, they, you know, that's another conversation. But, yeah. you know, they, they don't. And it's like they can't even answer the question because they just been on go mode for so long, right? Coming from a foreign country, being immigrants, like they just always been on go mode where like you have to be doing something or I have to be doing this or that. And they don't just chill like I do, you know? And how, how old are your parents? My parents are 30 years old than me. So I'm 29. So they're like, uh, my, my dad's actually like 55. He's 25 years old. See, me, your parents are young in comparison. Yeah, I, they I did have, have a, me a little younger. I, I have a similar... Well, it's, it's not even that young, but I have a similar battle with my parents in that they, they did everything right. They've done well. They, they saved properly. They could do pretty much within reason, whatever. And sometimes I'm like, you guys, you should be doing more things because my, uh, my parents are uh, in between 65 and, and 70, like 65 and 69. So it's like... Spend it all, you guys. You don't exactly. want to die with take a your huge money, bag. Divide you can't it by take it with you. you know, if the average life expenses by eighty, so like take your money, divide it by the amount of years you have left till you're eighty, and spend it. Yeah, you know. And I keep telling my parents that, like, yo, why are you still working? Why are you still doing all this shit? And it's like it keeps them going and this and that. But like, and they, that's important too. Again, but like, there's other ways to do that, right? But again, the main point is is that they can't. They still can't even tell me what they would want to do. If they didn't have to work and they already have everything. Right. So that just tells me like, oh shit, like I'm, I'm better off because I actually know what I want and I'm very close to achieving it and, uh, getting everything I want forever. You know what I mean? It's in perpetuity. It's not for now. It's not like a little one hit wonder type shit. It's, it's literally forever. And that's what I'm building, and that's what I'm trying to do through my companies, through my, uh, and and actually, you know, what's more than that is that I'm actually trying to help some of my other friends that you know would would never have the privy of this knowledge that I have to help them and further them, uh, 
to to propel themselves, right? To also be in the same position where, you know, you're good. You know what I'm saying? You could have a kid, you can you can um, you know, if that's your choice or whatever, and, and live a normal life without the burden of the financial burden. Yeah. You know, because that's a big thing that takes away from people because you gotta remember life's not all about just working, making money. Like life's about like actually living life. If that means farming or if that means whatever you want to do. You know, like I love like electrical stuff and I like, you know, home do-it-yourself renovation projects and shit. So like I already know what I would do if I had money, if I had all my shit taken care of, again, within a reasonable amount, uh, basically what I'm spending now. And you got to figure that out for a dollar amount. And once you do, you you can manifest it and make it happen. Like you just really got to work at it. Like it's actually not that hard to build like a thousand dollars a month every year cash flow like it's not you just got to be super super disciplined and at the end of the day it comes down to how bad do you want this versus you know what you're, what you're going through right now and i can tell you if you persevere like that's all it is like yep. i sacrificed a good two years to get to the point where i can invest capital and keep my expenses low and obviously my expenses do gradually go up but i make sure that they're not like for like stupid bullshit things. You know what I yep. mean? Like we don't eat out as much anymore. We don't do a lot of things um, simply because, you know, we'd rather save that money for a trip or this or that. You know, that's way more important to us that we'd rather have the highest degree of. As, as you, we've both said this, I want to, I don't want to look rich. Yeah. I want to be rich. Right. <laughs> Wealth is silent. That's the thing, yeah. right? Like you don't got to be, again, having the cars, the flashy clothes or whatever, the designer and this and that is literally like, oh, if you got money to fly and take time off, because time is money, right? 100%. And time to me is like the biggest thing that I'm buying back, right? So like I recently, and now I have cleaning people and like it saves me literally three hours of my time on a Saturday to clean my whole house. Because these folks is doing it. They're a team of three people. And they do it in also three hours. Because there's three floors to my house. But um, I don't have to do it anymore. And they do a pretty good job. Right? So it's like outsourcing, delegating, making sure the cost is reasonable. Right? Um, Because, you know, I'm doing so many other things. My time is better used. Spending time learning the chart, reading the chart, coming up with next week's plays. Like I do on a Saturday and Sunday night post them and uh you know you know understand like how i'm gonna tackle next week so that way when next week comes i have my plan ready i have everything written down and now it's just a matter of execution and paying attention to uh the levels and what's happening you know what i mean yep and just being kind of like a little manual robot really because that's the best way i found to trade without any emotions or whatever right and that's my primary bread and butter i try not to spend my uh my, my W-2 earnings, I try to save most of them, tax defer everything, maximize everything, 401k, Roth IRA, blah, 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 uh, HSA, and uh, and just keep it going that way, you know? I love it. And uh, what was the other thing you asked me? So well, you said, th- actually, this is a perfect time to wrap up, Nabil. Uh, contact. Whether you want to plug social, Discord, whatever, like right. anything, somebody get in contact with you, just have at it. Um, I guess uh, the Discord is discord.com slash finesse alerts, right? So we're alerts, alerting, and you can learn a lot about that there. Uh, otherwise, my Instagram is at Liquid Pharaoh. Um, and my Twitter is also the same thing, at Liquid Pharaoh. I don't really use it that much, but I'll probably start to. Uh, but those are the two main things that um, you can reach me at. Um, 
was... and, and let them know Crafthead sent you. Oh, yeah, yeah. and definitely Crafthead. If, if you find out about Nabil from this, please let him know because that'll make us both happy. Definitely. I would appreciate it. Um, I'm definitely going to sh- share this on my social media as well. And also, before I forget, my wife, who, again, is my performance coach and uh, has significantly improved my mental, psychological, and physical state of uh, decision-making in which you know has led me to trade much, much more profitably, um, her her handle on Instagram is called at Counselor Hibbs, and she is indeed a licensed professional counselor. She accepts insurance, um, so check her out for all your mental health needs. Whether you need somebody to talk to, or a performance coach, or a um, college admissions uh, consultant to help you um, best navigate the waters of college and Ivy League schools, you should definitely hit her up. She's super educated, knows all about that. I don't know shit. Uh, I barely have a bachelor's. She's about to have a doctorate. <laughs> um, it's a miracle. I'm even, you know, where I'm at right now. But I, I give her most of the kudos. Um, so yeah, definitely check Good, her out as well. And, and I can vouch for for Hiba. She is. Um, she's just a great person. Uh, somebody I'm proud to call a friend. Thank and, you. And a sweet woman overall. Thank and, you. And, and, if, if any of that is relevant to you, then I, I assure you she would be a good person to reach out to. Definitely, sure. definitely. Thank you so much. Yeah, she just recently went full independence, so she's literally just finishing up her doctorate, and uh, she's opened the floor for um, you know independent consulting and counseling sessions, and believe it or not, she's actually gotten quite booked. Um, so I would strongly still advise you to reach out to her um, as she's making more and more time for folks. And uh, even though she's getting busier, um, it's definitely quality well worth it. She's not like your regular counselor. She really takes the time to listen because she really actually cares about this stuff, you know, Yep. because um, she was doing it for free for so long. And then finally, once the the licensing came through and everything, insurance accepts it. Right. So now she actually gets uh, paid for it. So. Um, you can reach out to her again. It's at your counselor Hibbs on Instagram, and um, the company's called You Power LLC, where you have the power to change for your future. Um, and mine is Finesse Equity. Uh, we're having a website go up soon uh, where we finesse for you. That's that's kind of how I like to think of it. Because uh, what, what will be the URL whenever it goes live? It'll probably be finesseequity.com or Finesse Equity Management. Um, I haven't decided yet. Um, just because, you know, I'm just focusing on just constantly building and growing yep. financially, um, uh, before I get all that other stuff out there. Cause you know, the, the golden rule is right. If you're really doing something that's actually really gaining traction, you don't actually need too much marketing or anything behind it. You just need the right people involved and you need to get the word out to the right people. Right. And sometimes advertising that, uh, would not happen, right? It's like Lamborghini. They're not advertising on fucking TV because average Joe's ain't buying Lamborghinis. 90% of people watching TV you can't afford. Exactly. And what I'm offering, the average Joe's ain't doing that. Yeah. So, uh, it kind of makes, it kind of makes sense in that same regard. Um, but yeah, you can definitely reach out to me. Again, uh, email is finesseequity at gmail.com for any questions, financial advice, portfolio management, blah, 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 real estate, property management. We do a lot of things. Um, so yeah, check us out. And uh, hopefully I can't wait to be back to share more. And uh, you know, everybody just, just hang in there. You know, save your money, invest it wisely, right? Buy dividend stocks, you know, keep it simple if you can. Um, otherwise, you know, 
try to search finesse alerts and we're going to help you out. There you go. Nabil, thank you so much for, for joining Craft Heads today. Thank you, thank you. Look forward to a future episode and follow-up, especially with the, the future of, of Finesse. And um, uh, let's go get another drink. Oh, yeah. All let's right. do it. My man, thank Cheers, you brother. so much. Yeah. It takes some Finesse. I sing you Finesse. He no finesse. You stay on my mind. Uh, go ahead and say something into the mic. Real one.